Have you looked at the price of a car lately? Either new or used, they are insane. Up 20 to 30% from where they were just before COVID. Out of all industries, automotive might be the one changed the most by COVID. We're going to discuss how it's changed, why it's changed, and how to put you in the best position to buy a car. All that and more today on the Marketing Mad Men podcast. They say marketing is a madman's game. So now we turn it over to the Marketing Mad Men with Nick Constantino and Trip Joe. Happy Saturday. Trip Job here uh, with Nick Constantino, and you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men. Um, we've got a little bit of a surprise today. Um, we've got uh, Don Dixon back with us. So uh, who knows where this is going to go? That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Don, welcome back. It's great to have you. And uh, I know you've got uh, a fantastic guest that uh, you uh, wanted to bring on to the Marketing Mad Men show. So tell us a little bit about... Uh, uh, your guest and how you and Jessica met. Sure. Today we have Jessica Stafford. Jessica and I worked together at uh, autotrader.com, which has since morphed into Cox Automotive. Uh, when Jessica and I started, we started about almost the same week in two, back in 2007, mm-hmm. and there was autotrader.com and autotrader classics and now there are how many jessica 22 brands 22 23 still growing wow you know it's absolutely crazy so jessica's from the agency world which i which i love she and i hit it off immediately because she doesn't offend easily at (laughs) the end of the day and and she's very direct to be here on this show you have to right (laughs) you know no no question jessica has had a fascinating run there jessica started out as the manager of digital marketing it was digital in the Pleistocene age, I think, is yeah, kind, of, yeah, kind of what it yeah. was. And, and today, I, I've got to get it out here. Jessica is the Senior Vice President of Consumer Solutions at Auto Trader, Kelly Blue Book, and Dealer.com, which is incredibly impressive because now, Jessica, tell us really what that means. I know. Titles are tricky, <laughs> aren't they? Um, yeah, well, I'm so excited to be here. And um, my, my role today is uh, leading a few of our businesses that are consumer facing. So not a lot of people know the the words Cox Automotive. We might all be familiar with Cox Enterprises, Cox Communications, um, and Cox also owns an automotive um, um, sector. And so we've got, like like Don said, um, 22, 23 brands that that we've acquired and built over the years. And a, a division of that is what we would call consumer-facing brands. So ones that, that you all may be aware of, Auto Trader and Kelly Blue Book, like Don said, uh, these are both the, the, the two largest automotive mm-hmm. marketplaces out there, digital automotive marketplaces. And then um, also Dealer.com, which is a company that builds and runs dealer websites as well as dealer marketing programs, kind of like an internal agency for the automotive space. And then also new to kind of the portfolio is our e-commerce offering called Essential E-commerce. And so this is, you know, these days you can actually buy a car completely online if you yeah. want to. And so that's another part of our portfolio. So I run run those businesses, um, have an amazing team. And like you said, Don, as Cox Automotive has grown over the years, um, it's given it's given us a great opportunity to kind of bring these different businesses together to really change the automotive industry. Yeah, well, so glad to have you on, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. So, so I, I you, you touched on something. You, you and I, we were started, there were two brands. There's yeah. 22 brands, okay, mm-hmm. which means 22 different business cultures, per, per se. How have you and your team been able to kind of morph all of these disparate 
characters and personalities and business practices t- together. Tell us a little bit about that because that's fascinating. It, it is. And it's it's definitely, you know, been the hardest part. I think integrating uh, so many different businesses and to your point, different personalities, different people, different cultures, different vibes. I mean, these businesses are, are located in different areas all across the U.S. Uh, they, they're at different like life stages too. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, you know, 20, 30 years old. Some of them are five, six years old. And so as we all know, that comes with a whole different culture and momentum and vibe. And so the key has been really trying to integrate uh, from the beginning in a way that's very people first, right? So so dig in and understand um, the, the culture and the purpose and the vision and the mission of each of these individual mm-hmm. businesses and then build together on how each of them can come together to kind of unite in this bigger picture of what we're trying to do as Cox Automotive. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's messy and tricky when you're bringing all of those different locations and cultures and people together. But what we've found is, you know, it's kind of classic, I don't know, leadership and business development 101. If you can build a vision together and have everybody be a part of building that, then we're all more on board. And, um, and so we've, We've really tried to like tactically, you know, the marketing department tends to be one of the best departments to start mm-hmm. with on bringing these businesses and, and, yeah. and integrating together. Yeah. I mean, I think marketers have that vibe of wanting to collaborate, wanting to creatively problem solve, problem solve together. And so we've naturally brought that those departments together. And then, you know, over time, bringing sales teams together, bringing uh, business and operations together. And the key has been really doing it with that eye towards getting everyone aligned on the vision and this purpose yeah. and where we're trying to go. Well, with that, if I could jump in, you said something uh, right up front that uh, a lot of people um, may have heard some of the brands. Yeah. They may have heard of Cox. They might not have known Cox Automotive. So that is an issue, and it's actually, you know, with my business, we've, we've got very similar. How do you approach the importance of which brands to be out in front, and is the parent brand important or is the parent brand behind? Because I think we've all seen certain businesses that just, nope, it's going to be the parent brand regardless of, mm-hmm. you know, the brand that consumers may know or B2B may know, and then others have gone the other direction. So how have y'all approached that, and what's your philosophy? Well, it's that classic, do we want to be a house of brands or a branded house, right? Yeah. And and we've studied it over the years, and when we first started creating Cox Automotive, well, you know, the words Cox Automotive didn't exist, okay? We had, like Don said, Auto Trader and Mannheim to begin with. Mannheim is a pure B2B brand, uh, wholesale inventory sourcing in the automotive space. Auto Trader is obviously a consumer-facing brand, so you bring these together, and then we started this acquisition mm-hmm. spree, if you will, buying Kelly Blue Book, also a consumer brand. But then going back to the B2B space in uh, companies like V Auto, Vin Solutions, these are B2B software companies in the automotive space. And so we had this added dynamic, to your point, that you had some brands that were consumer-facing and others that were B2B. And so where we ended up was you know, strategically bringing these things mm-hmm. together and saying the consumer-facing brands, it's really important that we hold on to those brands, particularly because these are, yep. these are automotive marketplaces and the revenue model revolves around a marketing model where you've got to acquire and retain a ton of car shoppers. It's all audience-based. And so we need to make sure we keep those brands in the forefront, keep consumers coming to those websites and those digital experiences. But on the B2B side, in the industry, um, those individual brands are important, but what's even more powerful is how we bring them together 
as now this new kind of parent brand of Cox Automotive. So it's been a journey for for sure. Um, and it wasn't just a black and white decision, one answer or the mm-hmm. other. The consumer brands have continued to stay forward. And then we're kind of in the middle of this journey towards leveraging the strength of the individual brands, the legacy and the history that they bring, the strength and the relationships with our customers, what but you uniting. Can, what you can offer across the spectrum. I mean, that's what we're doing. That's I'm leading the forest vertical, which is three brands. Yeah. I mean, the same type of thing. It's like, boy, it gives, you know, if it's done well, you can give your existing customers and new customers on the B2B side that experience and breadth that they would maybe wouldn't have within a single brand. Right. And that's the way to deliver on. If you think of, you know, what's what's the value proposition? What's your differentiator, of course, in the marketplace? Uh, For us, the power is actually bringing these tools together for our customer base. And and it just takes time to build that. And um, and from a marketing standpoint, a lot of balance between, you know, taking our customer base along on this journey. Here's why it's important and, and kind of bringing them to that value prop. I want to I want to jump upstairs to 10,000 feet for just a second yeah. and talk about Cox, because the culture at Cox from the leadership. I mean, Jim Kennedy is the only billionaire who sends me texts, I, I love <laughs> you know, they're, and usually they're they're funny golf jokes. But 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 at the end of the day, if without that leadership at the top, without mm-hmm. that tone at the top that says it's okay to make some mistakes, yeah. especially as you're blending new businesses, talk about how that's influenced your businesses, you know, per se. Absolutely. I mean, I think the Cox culture being a fourth generation family run, privately held business um, is it's special. I mean, and and a huge business at that. And so the the way that that the Cox family gives us the empowerment and the enablement to take chances, to take risks, to make decisions, um, and invest back in in the business is is really and truly unique in our in our space. And I think that to your point of the taking risks, I mean Cox has this history of disrupting themselves. I mean that's yes. that's the key. Yeah. And Jim Kennedy and yeah. our our CEO today, Alex Taylor, who's a family member, really tries to push that day in and day out. It's, it's it may sound cliche sometimes, but the idea is, you know, somebody else is going to disrupt you if you don't do it right. yourselves. Yeah. And so it all started, you know, in the very beginning. I mean, the way that AutoTrader.com was right. created, which Don, you know well, was we had this booming media business as Cox as as Cox uh, Media, and the biggest advertising spender was the automotive space and the classifieds and advertising space. And we said, well, there's this thing, this digital thing that's starting to happen. And we're going to lose a lot of that business if we don't come up with a better way. And so building into this digital classifieds and advertising platform was a way to disrupt ourselves before somebody else did. And that's, that is a culture that really lives on. Yeah. And there's so many people who don't see that coming. Mm -hmm. They're like, no, no one, no one's going to come in. The barriers to entry are too high. Right. Right. So you got to, Take calculated risks, right? Take chances and learn from the failures you make along the way. One other thing. Uh, we talked about the Cox family. Let's talk about your family. <laughs> you grew up in a creative environment. Talk about how that influenced kind of where you went in your career. Because I've met your dad. Yes, you, you know, have. A gr- amazing guy. So, I mean, I think that that's – my dad uh, was, you know, kind of original advertising madman type of type of, of world and uh, led small agencies. And I was around that creative environment um, from the from the very beginning, uh, everything from being around advertising with my dad, my mom was an artist, my grandfather came over from Europe in the middle of the wars and built a handbag factory. I mean, I was around that creativity. So to me, 
creative problem solving was something that, you know, I was passionate about from the beginning and, and excited to get into the space. Outstanding. Yeah, a, I mean, I think that's so important. And, um, you know, you get those, uh, the mentors and that vision and, and you pick up on so much. My, my dad actually started in sales promotion mm-hmm. and uh, then before moving into some other areas. But I still remember, you know, having those creative discussions, seeing the the promotions that got brought out and all that. So, uh, hey, when we come back from the break, uh, we'll see if uh, Don's still my co-host or if maybe we'll get Nick back. I don't know. Well, maybe we'll com- vote during the if break. If he comes back, you better we'll, bring we'll, me coffee. We'll, we'll vote during <laughs> the break. So anyhow, um, you are listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. We'll be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men. Trip Job and Don Dixon here today, and uh, we have Jessica Stafford with us. Ahem. Oh, somebody's back. Uh, <laughs> how did the door lock behind you, Don? Uh, it was an accident. How what did the door lock behind you, Don? <laughs> I understand your willingness to do the show, but how did the door lock behind you? How was I locked out, and where is my coffee, Don? Well, you were supposed to bring it, but you're just too lazy to do it. Well, that was fun. I was sitting out here slamming on the glass. I'm glad you guys saw me and heard me. I guess it's, it was this, the smoothest 12 minutes I think we've this had in a really long be time. a soundproof room, uh, or I, I, I'm not getting the message. One of the two. So let's go on with the show as planned. Trip. Let's yes, take it back to uh, who we is were, the marketing madman? Yes, uh, marketing madman here with uh, Don Dixon and Trip Job, and uh, we have a guest today, Nick Constantino and Jessica Stafford. <laughs> we were talking a little bit about with Jessica about family and how um, that brought you into uh, kind of the business, which I think was neat. And um, you were also talking a little bit about, you know, Cox has a family culture and, you know, how do you, I guess, mesh that and and, and grow these brands? What's, what, what's been, in, I guess, imparted on you? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, bringing all of the brands together has been this, this goal since we kind of created a vision that we can transform the way the world buys, owns, and uses cars, which seems super big, but when you think about the automotive space and this kind of adventure to acquire all of these different businesses that can combine together to to, to really make the car shopping and buying process easier and better, because we all know it's, it's it can be pretty painful as a mm-hmm. consumer um, and as a seller a lot of the time too. And so the key to that has been how do you integrate and bring all of the brands, all of the businesses together, everything from how we operate to the people uh, that are a part, kind of a part of the company and and then how we bring it to market. And so the, the key has been, I think, uh, you know, starting down that journey, having a plan, but knowing like most plans, it will change and you got to be flexible and agile and and uh, kind of roll with the punches. And I mean, I, I guess we've all lived that over the last few years pretty hardcore, but uh, in the in the 
marketing and brand space, it's been a completely different adventure. I have adventure. to imagine you have B2C and B2B, which mm-hmm. makes it complicated yeah. also. Completely different strategies as to how AutoTrader public facing versus dealer.com, which is more of the back end, different brand strategy. So that had to be hard also. Absolutely. It's it's kind of, it's like a third dimension to it. You know, if you were just bringing together B2C companies and brands and we were talking about the importance of those brands when you've got years and years yeah. of awareness built up and 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 millions and billions of dollars invested in the marketing to build those brands and the consumer side, uh, that's one thing, hard enough, right? How do we keep those differentiated if it makes sense from a business standpoint, but then add to it the B2B side um, where it, there's a unique kind of dimension there um, on, on the automotive side because you've got really strong brands that car dealers or manufacturers are yeah. really familiar with, trust, test, love. Test, test. Um, but the power in, in particular on the B2B side is, is, is when you bring these pieces together. So it, it has, it's, it's been tough. Um, but I think we're, we're actually at the point where we're making some, some good momentum right now in that space. One, one, one question for you. Um, in the last four years, okay, what do you think has been the biggest disruptor in this whole chain, the consumer purchase chain. Oh, you know, B2C, where, I was going to say, differentiate. Where, where, where's, 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 you know, yeah. where's the, maybe that vending machine, the vending yeah. machine you see yeah. driving down yeah. in five? The vending machine. Yeah. Don't, the, don't talk about that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, well, I mean, it's interesting because the, the biggest disruptor for sure, as I think we would all probably answer for any industry, was was the pandemic and, and COVID. But what that, you know, if I get past that, right, what that really, drove home is the digitization of this process, which it sounds cliche because we mm-hmm. live in a world where everything is is digital, but that that's the key. I mean, we were in the automotive space, we were in this little bubble where I think um, we as technology companies or enablers might have been pushing towards how can we enable car shoppers to do more of this process online because it's painful and they don't love it. Um, but we had a lot of the industry kind of stiff arming that and pushing it back. And we and I, we always said like, you know, automotive and real estate, we're in this kind of bubble for a while there where as consumers, we buy everything online and it's kind of location agnostic. We expect it to show up on our door, whether it's running shoes or dog food or whatever we need. But then you have this automotive and real estate kind of industries where consumers and the seller side, the industry side, just expect it. It's going to be long and it's going to be painful and you're going to have to negotiate and all that stuff. You're going to have to sign 36 pages. You've got to sign so many documents. You're not going to understand all of the specifics. You're going to feel less confident and kind of worried about this whole process. So frankly, you know, COVID kind of kicked us in the ass and said, uh, as an industry, you got to do more. You got to do better because Mm -hmm. consumers are now going to expect this of you. So whether they're buying dog food or a car, um, they still want help. They want guidance. They want an expert to help them, but they want to do more of it uh, digitally. And that's been the biggest disruptor and change because we're seeing two, three, that shit. Three, two, Yeah, one, I wonder one, two, three, two parts three, of that. One. I think gradually going into the, the three, discussion of car three, marketing is important because automotive marketing three, is its three, own wild west. Three, one part of it is, do you think a lot of that was the fault three, two, of the dealerships and the sales and that the perception one, two, of the used car salesman who's very pushy? And um, do you think that that has forced the hand and made dealers a little better? And then the second part is, is that when you look at the market overall, I, from how I understand it, the dealers and the, are getting less power and the brands are starting to really be involved. Custom making the cars at home and they're trying to take power back. They're trying to supply, adjust the supply demand curves to work in their favor. Um, I'm curious what COVID changed on that front because you guys see it from both sides. You see yeah. the dealer side, the brand side, the used car side. So I'm curious how those dynamics are panning out. It's it, so so on that side of it, um, you're right. There's a balance um, and this you know intricate and unique mm-hmm. s- franchise system, of course, in the automotive industry. 
And at, at the end of the day, you've got these brands, these manufacturers um, who want to control the brand. They want to create loyalty and retention and perception of these big brands. And by the way, we know like the manufacturers spend a ton of money on their brands at, at as well as, of course, you know, creation of the vehicles themselves. But then it trickles into this, you know, franchise model where you've got these local car dealers who have to then represent those brands, yeah. bring them to life. Um, but for context, that has created so much wealth in this country. Oh, those yeah. car dealerships, that three-tier yeah. system for automobile and liquor is the other one, distributors, but yes. has created so much wealth. I mean, the Asbury's of the world, they are as big as the car manufacturers oh, yeah. are nowadays. Oh, yeah. So it has created a good, great deal of wealth. And we've seen that over the last few years, this shift in, in some uh, consolidation of some of the smaller and medium-sized dealerships out there that are being bought up by the big guys, yep. the Asbury's of the yep. world. Berkshire Hathaway gets in. You, know, you know you're not messing around. Yeah. And, test, and, test, and so you see test, a little test, bit test, of that test. shift, not as much as we, we thought might happen over time. Um, and so as you mentioned, Nick, the, the many like maybe two years ago or so, there was a big uproar in like the manufacturers want to take more ownership. They want to sell direct to consumer. You've got the Teslas and the Rivians of the world and and these new form yep. uh, manufacturers that are kind of coming to market a little different and pushing the limits there. Now, over the last couple of years, there's been a, a, like an evolution of that. And what we're what we're seeing now is that there's there is a, a distinct um positive and opportunity in the model that we have today where you've got manufacturers that can they can still influence and own a little bit more of that shopping process influence the brand and the experience they want but having local distribution of these vehicles is key and with consumers wanting to touch and feel that car so back to the the digital disruption right Right. i mean they want to do as much of it as they can online they want to be in the comfort of their home they don't you know they want to apply for credit online, all that, but they still want to touch and feel the car. Well, and so there's this balance. And do you see, I mean, to me, it seems like through this period, and granted, supply was part of it, but as the manufacturers do take a little more ownership in, in helping this process, there's the ability to engage a little more pricing power and get away from the heavy discounts that we've seen over time. And, you know, again, the the supply chain disruption may have been the biggest piece, but I don't know if you're seeing their involvement is starting to help on the pricing side. Well, well. we were on this path towards better price transparency, I would say, in the automotive industry uh, that we were seeing a a, a momentum towards single price, no haggle, no negotiation type of platform. I've already been out there a couple past couple of weeks. It has completely switched back. And, and, you know, to be honest, like consumers like that, that takes the stress out of it. Um, In a lot of cases, dealers have made that work for their model. Um, And so that that alleviates a little bit of that back Mm -hmm. and forth. Now, to your point, I mean, the scarcity and the, 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 the supply chain issues over the last couple of years totally threw everything off with the pricing that we saw. Um, on new and used cars. I mean, yeah. if you could get a new car at all, but but on used cars, I mean, these prices just soaring. Now that has started to level off and come back down. Um, but to your point, the biggest influence that I think they're trying to mm-hmm. make is consistency and transparency. So if I'm mm-hmm. shopping for a car and I'm looking at a vehicle and I see a price on autotrader.com, for example, I want that price to match what I see on the dealership's website. And I want that price to match what I might see on the manufacturer's website, which is very different in new exactly. versus used cars yeah. in our space. Um, you know, new car, you're going to have an MSRP and a, and there's a lot of them in that configuration you pick out. Of course, a used car is unique. That that VIN, that unique vehicle, um, 
may be priced really And how they option cars has changed so much over the past 10 yeah. years. Just, just how the options are made is just insane. I mean, you used to be able to buy leather seats in any car. Now they make you out the third tier of the top yeah. to get that set of leather with that third seat. So strategically to make more money, but still. Well, and they're figuring out different ways to make more money. I mean, the discussions now are what types of technology and connectivity are you yeah. going to charge for in the yeah. vehicle? Not only the technology of the car itself, but... Um, what might have been, you know, back in the day, de- navigation that you pay extra Can we for. make that white more yeah. white? Yes. And charge more for yeah. the whiter white. Wait, exactly. there's a whiter white? How do we? And I bought the whiter white. I just yeah. bought Genesis. <laughs> yeah. And I bought whiter white. Because you wanted it to be the best. Yeah. Be one, one of the other things that's fascinating is that the deal, when you look at these vehicles and they're saying, okay, service is included, you know, and you get, it's part of the pricing. And they, But the, what that does is that creates more contact. Yep. with that consumer over time to either sell them a second car to keep the relationship going. So fine, they'll come in, they built the service in, and that's a that's a relatively recent phenomenon here the last two or three, four years here where they've really said, okay, services included. They also nowadays, the warranty is tied to that, those services. Because yes. I read mine, I just bought a Genesis, a GV70, love it, it's yeah. an unbelievable car. But I looked at my lifetime warranty on it, and if you do not use their right. service right. to that exact capacity, that voids the warranty. So, you know, while they act like they're you have for something for free but again that being said genesis will come they'll pick me up they'll bring me a car they'll take my car over and they'll service my car is that worth it for getting it done there yeah that's worth a couple extra hundred bucks easily so again i think each brand is doing a different job but and that's what we're seeing most consumers want that convenience you just mentioned and and for the most part they're willing to pay a little bit more for it and and that i think that was just you know exaggerated and exacerbated even more during covid when we all had things coming to us um but that key with service specifically i mean service centers is the biggest profit center for a lot of dealerships they want to retain their customers they want to be able to build that loyalty and that relationship and this is kind of at odds with the the digital transformation if you will because Digitizing the process makes it so that if you have a specific car you want and it's not available in your local area, it's a lot easier for you now to find it and get it shipped to you. Yeah. Uh, and most dealerships will give you a little bit of a warranty or a return policy too. If for some reason you really don't love it, right. it's mm-hmm. kind of like a but you, you know short term test, test drive, drive. It and then order it. Yeah. Now the kicker there is that dealerships are are, are modeling out even yeah, more so. How far am I willing to ship it? Not just because. It costs logistics wise, it costs money, but I want you to come back to me for service. And And if you're far away, it's not gonna happen. And so there's you're just adding more complication to the business model for a lot of these a lot of these What what you're also seeing is fat as kind of an interesting situation. A lot of these vehicles are quite capable of having remote diagnostics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to come to the dealership, but they're not pushing that because mm-hmm. you know there's no there's no this this face to face this relationship. But you take a look at you know a lot of the military you know equipment right now, your airplanes, etc. They're remote diagnostic. Well, you know, you've always issues. been able to do that. I've had an OBD sensor on my car that goes to my phone for now for 10 years that you can do a code in 30 seconds. You go online, you figure out what the code is. And usually these are little minuscule yeah. things, but you're right. I think they want you to go in there. You know, one of the fascinating things, we talk about this a lot, Chef, no one understands supply and demand. Yeah. Now, economics was a terrible course. I mean, C <laughs> averages and you get A's. Like I'm an economics major. 50, Come on. It's not terrible. But, but, but here's I'm getting thing. sick right now. You can try <laughs> desperately to control that, but a Kia EV6 about three months ago, five months ago, was going for $8,000 above sticker, okay? I was just in a dealership, 7,500 below sticker, okay? Because what happens is they saw the price, so many people wanted them, there's not enough supply Uh, for the demand, so they amp up supply, by the time the supply gets here, all of a sudden demand is dropped and you're stuck in the middle. They They have not mastered it, and I think COVID did screw it up where they thought they were in more control of that supply demand model. Like, it's not that you couldn't find 
a entry level car for $27,000. It's like, why would they make them if they have the profit centers at 50,000? So now that's been turned around. I actually saw that like a well, Nissan Sentra is one of the hottest selling cars right now because people don't want to pay $66,000 no, with right. 8% interest for 10 years on cars. So I think the, the, the model has to adjust itself. And I think it always ebbs and flows to the middle, but the fluctuations are become violent. I mean, it is yeah. all but over that, the place. It's and really and volatile, yeah. you, that's also a case of a brand deciding to let it fluctuate and not thinking about, do we want to control the brand power? And I think just the fact that they allowed the price to go way above list. I think EV, you're right, they, but EV is hard, man, because you're talking government subsidies, question. you're talking political agendas that come into place here, and we know the station, we know what people think. Um, you know, I don't imagine many people listening to the show are driving around electric vehicles, so I think they yeah. know what we're talking about. I think that has a hard but you're right. I think the brands, when they try to get too fancy and clever, screwed themselves and that three tier model works for a reason. Well, and it's and it's a very reactive space. And and because right now there's the there is the flexibility in that three tier model to be reactive and for dealers to price the way they want to. And so to your point, I mean whether it's through frankly marketing or operations or pricing or sourcing of the vehicles, there is more and more coming together of how how do we, how does the industry in general and again like you said this could apply to other industries too. How do you create like guidance and governance and alignment without too much control. It's hard because each state is different too. So you want each a national policy, but my yeah. God, California and Georgia could not be the most further opposite of that's how right. they go Completely. about business. That's so right. that's the other part of it is, that the, so the dealerships know the local market, right? Ford may think they do and they're trying to localize, but how is Ford gonna know the difference between Maine and Texas? Realistically, how are these companies gonna know that? It's impossible, they're centrally located in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it, it, it's, a fa I love, Cars. I'm a car guy. I've always been. I, I, I'm on my fourth in like five years because I was playing the market so well. Yeah. I mean, if you knew what yeah. you were doing, I mean, I was Trade making. Yeah. You could make was, money. Man, oh man, yeah. I was making three grand per car, like just flipping them over. Um, but, you know, I, one of the things I'm always fascinated about, marketing is so interesting in the space. And it mm -hmm. is one that has leaned the most heavily into digital marketing. Mm -hmm. And as a radio station, we used, there was a point in October of 17, I had 27 car dealerships on air at the same time. It, now it's coming back a little bit this way because one of the things I've realized, the family groups, the Ellis's, the Hennessy, they want to brand themselves as Jim Ellis family groups. It's yes. not about the individual dealership, which was, was happening for a little while. Jim Ellis didn't want you to know that they owned a Kia and a Volkswagen. They just wanted you to buy from them. Now it's more about that family because that trust is building back. I think back. it's the lifetime customer value is how they're looking at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it'd be curious, Jessica, your, your view of what's next in well, space. and I think they're they're back to having to create new awareness for their offerings in the automotive space. So those family groups that you're talking about, they have new digital options. They have a way for you back to this point of to buy a car online. And the kicker is that the masses don't know what's possible. And so it's back to marketing 101. We need to create awareness. We got to get yep. the word out there. Yeah. And, you know, some sometimes that works with like acute, you know, data driven, getting to the front of the right person at the right time with the right message. But it, it really does go back to we got to start with education and top. awareness, top of the funnel, funnel yeah. you know, broad strokes and start to create that uh, that opportunity to then follow up with specific messaging. But I mean, in the marketing world, that's what we're seeing a lot of those. Uh, it, it's really at the manufacturer level, too. They're going back to what's different about our brand. How do I go back to true brand marketing and help People connect with my brand. Good for mass media. I am. Good for mass media because you know, digital took a lot of that pot for a very long well, time. Well, and I think there's a, you know, obviously there's a place for all of these in pieces in the marketing yeah, sure. mix. But I also think where we're at across the board, whether it's, you know, the latest with CDPs and data platforms and all of this is that you start to add on to your marketing all of these layers of cost. 
So I'm going to add another Love layer it. of data. I'm going to add another layer of, of technology. And then you need another tool. analyst who can read it. Does then it you need another this? analyst, and, and then you need another attribution model. And when you add all that cost, all of a sudden you're, you're less, less and less effective. Cost yeah. per eyeball or your cost per conversion skyrocketed. And so that that's why you know you got kind of, in my opinion, you got to go back to the core of let's let's create you know the big bubble first. Sometimes you might have some wasted you know. Uh, imp- impressions, if sure. you will, or wasted advertising out there, but because it's it, because it's mass, you're still going to get in front of a mass, and it will drive up the effectiveness right. of the bottom of the funnel activities too. Right. Because you're still Google, you still got three ads coming up. So if you're top of the funnel, top of mind, you're going to they're going to click on those over the other three. And again, I do think that there's more players in the industry. The Teslas, mm-hmm. but the Koreans alone. I mean, yeah. you talk a Hyundai used to be a twelve thousand dollar car; they're going for sixty five thousand dollars nowadays. So I think that the market has gotten really tight in the same spot where everyone's now competing. Mid-size SUVs, mid-size light luxury SUVs, going for fifty grand, are the market right now. Mm-hmm. How many people are making them? Twenty-eight manufacturers are making them. That is more than we've ever had. I don't care what anyone says. Well, yeah, and, and, and some of them have uh, really fallen off. Well, I think yes. we had the discussion a while back. I mean, I was an Infinity, Infinity driver, yeah. and and they've lost what their brand was, and so they're who knows where they are. They're probably twenty-six it, out of twenty-eight on that it, list. It's, it's scary to see some manufacturers how they, with the experience that they have, with the people that they have completely do things that are just ridiculous. I won't highlight any individual, you know, one at this particular time, but th- th- some of them go back and they're just and leveraging cele- <laughs> leveraging celebrities which have no relationship to the vehicle. Nissan. You know, I'm not going there. I'm know. just throwing guesses. No, 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 you know, and it's just this this horrible last minute gr- grasp at a straw to try and retain an image of a brand when they're and they highlight it with a celebrity. That's yeah. also a brand that doesn't exactly know what they're trying to be. I think exactly. is the issue is who are you, right? I mean, I think we we went through sure. this with um you know with with Bud Light. I mean, it's the same thing when you try to leave your comfort zone and you go too far, you go too far the other way, and then you try to jerk back this way, and all of a sudden, really, all you needed was the middle. You knew who your brand, you knew who you were going after. I think your the best core one audience. is the F one hundred and fifty. Is the best one that knows. Who their brand is, and every commercial, if you look for F one fifty, has been the exact same commercial for thirty years. There's, it has not ventured off, it has not changed, it has not mm-hmm. done anything. It has been the exact same person with the exact same agenda, and they have gone straight down that path. We number one or number, number two selling vehicle wonder, for the last yeah, thirty five years. We wonder why, yeah. and it's a shame. If I don't want to. It's not broken. Don't, don't fix it, right? I don't want to mention uh-huh. Nissan, but like. A 400Z, that is one of the most, the 350Z, 370Z was one of the most famous sports cars ever. Why are you putting somebody in it that doesn't remotely know what a Z is? I mean, you're, you're trying to reinvent something to make it for the masses that doesn't make sense. It just, it doesn't make sense. And I think you'll you'll always ebb and flow. You'll go back to that. Those little sports cars are making a run back. So I think there's a little bit of that. But I also, I think you're right. It's that marketing strategy is not congruent and it doesn't work together. Okay, Jessica. All right. Tomorrow you're going to go buy a car. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. What is your suggestions to a consumer? What's the best way to go about? Go to autotrader.com. I, I know. Yeah, of course, I'm going to tell <laughs> I'm you. Set yeah. you up here. Yeah. Up oh, yeah. Start on autotrader.com. Um, integrate it in. You can figure out what Kelly your trade in is right worth. Um, on go Kelly to dealer.com Blue if you're you can, a dealer. You can link through to the to the dealer's website. No, but. The reality is, I mean, compare your options of what we've been talking about today with with what's going on with supply and demand and pricing and some incentives are coming back. Um, it's important to know like the features that what you need in the vehicle, but be open to different types of vehicles, different makes and models. Um, 
you know, you mentioned you were an Infinity sure. driver before. I mean, there's a lot to be said for for loyalty and what you like and what you, if you know what you like. But I think these days there's so many options that are out there that people don't even know about. So if you go in yeah. first shopping for what you need, you know, I, like I I need an SUV. I have two young kids with a ton of sports equipment and stuff that I have to lug around all of the time. And uh, size, like cargo size, is very important to me. Um, and so I always go in with like, this is what this is what I need today. Um, and and I think being able to get all of that research done online. I mean, truly, of course, yes. I am going to tell you that that Auto Trader is a great place to do that. But the the idea is, as a consumer, not all of us are automotive experts, mm. and doing your research ahead of time and feeling comfortable with what you're looking for is you know, is the key these days. One of the things, and when we come back from the break, I want to ask you about speaking of innovation and and kind of real life type of challenges. Um, to uh, utilize the digital platform. So um, you're listening to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. And uh, Don, Jessica, and I will be back after the break. And, I'm going to get you uh, we'll back see for this. If, uh, yeah, we'll I'm going to get you back for this trip. Or not. So we'll be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Now back to the Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3 FM. Welcome back to the Marketing Mad Men, Trip Job and Don Dixon uh, with Jessica Stafford. Oh, and Nick is back. <laughs> so Don is I'm never getting, welcome I'm here again. That look. I have a feeling I'm going to get locked out in a minute. But um, one thing I was going to ask you real quick, and, and it's kind of it's interesting. I live in downtown Alpharetta, and mm-hmm. um, you know a lot of my neighbors. One of the comments is, "Man, we just." You know, we're having a hard time getting our truck or our SUV or whatever in the garage once it's kind of loaded out. Now, mm-hmm. granted, we all, you know, could do, the, I guess, the overnight test drive. But is anyone, you know, with all the VR and everything else, has anyone approached those type of things as far as, uh, you um, know, preview online? Yeah, uh, let me see what this looks like. like yes. Yeah. I mean, there are different virtual and augmented reality platforms and tools that allow you to see what this truck looks like in your driveway. And for the most part, it's it, it's a little superficial because it's like, what what is that going to do for me? Now, to your point, the dimensions, does it fit in my garage? Can my stroller actually fit in the back in this trunk? Can, uh, you know, my my kid who's six three fit in the third row? How does that, you know, those kinds of those kinds of things were there's, you know, basic, of course, measurement and dimensions, but there are these augmented reality type of, of tools that allow you to, you know, take your phone and scan it in front of your garage and it'll place the vehicle in there. Cool. Um, we do. There's right now where we're at in the industry is it's more about the, the technology that creates those kinds of 360 degree realistic 
images of the vehicle that you could then size accurately yeah. to test that in I, real time in so real time cool. i yeah. would tell you like and so that's cool that's sexy looking like there's yeah. a lot of, of fun interesting pieces there the more interesting part about that type of like the imagery and photography and how it would help in the car shopping world um, is coming to life in the wholesale side as mm -hmm. well as the retail side where it's like damage detection uh -huh. and like specific details so Cox Automotive, we acquired a company a little while ago um, called Fusion that has these gantries, they're called. It's like a big, looks like almost a, a drive-through um, car wash type of thing, yeah. but the it has this super high-tech, crazy technology for imagery. Wow, like a CAT and, scan, like yes. an MRI yes. for a car. It's a car crazy. MRI. It is. So imagine the car going through it and the type of imagery that's taken can be used for um, marketing and listing the vehicle for pricing the vehicle for reconditioning needs and it helps from an industry standpoint to give much better advice to for example a car dealer who might oh. be at an auction buying a vehicle everyone's perception of what a dent is is different yeah. right like this is going to tell yeah. you dent this size because someone's looking like that's not a dent i mean no. you know you're exhausted that's not a, that's not a real thing and i i mean i've bought cars my whole life like you look for certain things and little dents are not what you're looking for right. so your eye just becomes almost you know i will say to, to trip that really what you need is a sponsorship for a tape measure company because if you're too <laughs> you can't figure out how to use a tape measure to measure the the dimensions of your driveway to figure that out then we have way bigger problems to worry about uh but don's got something to say over there i see him no, no, seat. yeah, no, no. It, it's fascinating because that that technology is what the military uses. You yeah, know, I'm ex-military. My dad's ex-military. My brother's ex-military, and, and and that's what they do to to design the the life of the airframe and stuff. And it, it's kind of shocked me that it's taken so long to get to the civilian side because it's not super secret technology for all intents and purposes. Well, and we know. know that that's like one, the biggest stressor for consumers buying a car. I mean, number one, the price. They care about the price, but that all connects back to what am I getting in this car? Am I getting, it's particularly with used vehicles, yes. right? And do I trust what the dealer is saying? Do I trust what the manufacturer is selling? And, and, and you know, for us, we've applied the Kelly Blue Book brand in our mm -hmm. space as much as we can because it's this, you know, historic trusted brand. And we do a lot of work to make sure that if we're going to put that stamp on a yeah. vehicle or a seller or a price, that we we back it. But you, Kelly Blue Book does a really good job of being very matter of fact in their approach to like if you read like Car and Driver, it's very whimsical and it's got to be very literary and it's got to have this, which is fine for something. KBB is very. These are the features. These are the benefits. This is it. Not pushing you in a way, just laying the facts out. I well, think that they do a very good job of it. Now. That being said, it's not as entertaining to read sure. as a whimsical True. article with nice pictures, but, it's but I appreciate the practicality. Well, and to the point, you know, bringing it back to the, the marketing topic in general, that's been an interesting dynamic because you've got, we have a full editorial team that that reviews vehicles and features and writes top 10 lists and all that. And, and our core is being extra factual and honest and transparent on the side of like, how do we help shoppers shop for vehicles? Isn't that hard though? Because sometimes that loses the flash and the pizzazz that people really I don't to be say, engaging. are tricked by. They're yeah. tricked by that. Well, and it's also, we're, you know, we're a publisher. We're an advertising and marketing platform. We sell to manufacturers. And so, you know, there's this balance and Impart impartiality. Yeah. yeah. But there, it's interesting because I mean, I'm, I'm, maybe you guys have talked about this before um, on the show, but the the concept of content marketing right. and promoted yeah. content that has like exploded in the marketing space over the last five years or so is a big part of that. Like how do you create 
marketing opportunity, but also still being true and honest to, to reviews of vehicles. Two, two quick things. Um, one is the when you're talking about classic cars, because I worked mm-hmm. on Auto Trader Classics and helped with a relaunch of that onto the online space and stuff, content is critical. Editorial is critical because you're looking for the provenance on the car. Mm-hmm. XYZ. Steve McQueen, owned the, I drove the bullet Mustang. <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah, but that value uh, is also not as clearly defined. It, what, it, is a, it, what is a it, Shelby it, Cobra worth is not a tangible if it, if money. It was MSRP. Carol Shelby's personal car that right. changes the MSRP is not the whole dynamic. So there's that. But the other thing I wanted to get to before you left here today is your take, and if not your take, the company's take, if you've actually sat down and thought about it, with the whole Tesla you know, buy the vehicle, and then suddenly that vehicle now becomes a taxi because I, I it's sitting there 12 hours a day. It's not being used, and I can order up a Tesla, a self-drive Tesla, which will come to my house. I can get in it, and as it, and they say, quote unquote, I can earn up to thirty thousand dollars a year. I knew that. It, it, do you see this as crazy, or will consumers do this? You're you're the you know analyzing consumers. Tell us. Sure. Well, so. In that space broadly, even pre-Tesla's initiatives here, is uh, the, the concept of, of the car being wasted, if you will, the time that it's sitting in the parking garage when you're at work or in your driveway at home, and how can you as a consumer monetize that time? So there is a, there is a model there. There is, there is some interest in the disruptive idea of renting your vehicle out to, to other people, let alone a self-driving vehicle that could do it on its own. Um, the kicker is it's just not in it's not in the masses Got yet, it. and we see that. Pretty I far would away. never let anybody into my car in a bajillion years. That is my baby. <laughs> that is gets me from where I would. Ne- and it's the same thing like the beach house, right? Do you want somebody crashing at your beach house on Airbnb? I my wife will never let anyone you, sleep you know in our bed. <laughs> I, yeah, and I. It, th- this is this has been awesome, Jessica. I think importantly. Let's say I am 21 years old, want to enter this space in automotive and anything in digital and all the disrupting parts you guys have been a part of. Um, what is your advice? I, I think in, in our marketing and advertising space, automotive or, or otherwise, I encourage people to start at an ad agency whenever they can. Um, I just think you're put through the grind most of the time. You learn more in the first year than you will uh, in the first five years somewhere else because, you know, if you do it the right way and you put your, your passion and your curiosity and you're a hard worker into it, you can get just a ton of experience doing a lot of different things. And and to me, that's the key these days. Uh, I think in our space, everybody's looking uh, long gone are the days where you can be a specialist in one specific yeah. thing or a generalist overall. You have to be a specialist in a lot of things. Yeah. I knew I liked her. She, she, yes. that's, that's the recurring theme of this show is put yourself into the fire, learn quickly. The best marketers are the ones that wore the freaking Ronald McDonald costume at McDonald's that's and right. saw it at Take the street level. Mm-hmm. Go all the way up, learn as much as you can. Um, what about majors? I mean, is marketing the majors, communications? I mean, automotive is such a broad industry, but what do you think while you're in school? Do you need the graduate degree? What advice do you have? Because people are dying for some advice, practical advice right now. Yeah, I mean, my practical, I am an advertising major from a, a college of journalism. I don't know that I used very much of that specific, uh, you know, experience going forward. I don't have a graduate degree. I, I think that practical work experience, in my opinion, is the yes. best yeah. way to gain real experience. I think from a majors and experience standpoint, you need to learn how to learn and you need to learn how to communicate. No matter what job you have in this world, communication and, yeah. and being able to articulate ideas and influence people and convince people, which is what marketing is all yeah. about, but it's also what leadership is all about. Yeah. Influential leadership and creating yeah. a vision and getting people to, to, to rally around it. And so 
I would just say communications and critical thinking are the keys uh, to, to success. I love days. it. And that's a great thing to end on. Well, Jessica, thank you very much. Mr. Dixon, besides locking me out, thank you very much. Trip, thank you very much. You've been listening to The Marketing Mad Men on Extra 106.3. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.